ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast. And you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help it that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, Jenny C. Bowles. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right, not going left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Four question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. You pick that up. This fart. Yep. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to check us out right here every single Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Don't forget we're available on all major podcast platforms. That's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so much more. So... Pick your favorite podcast platform, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I am the host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, JC Bones. And accompanying me today on this special Friday the 13th edition of the 4th Wall WrestleCast is the 4th Wall's resident good doctor prescribing your fill of kayfabe consumption each and every week ladies and gentlemen let's give it up for the one and only doc haas Ooh, those are all the ghosts from friday the 13th going Ooh, and of course 
for me. Just, that was really corny. Just as Friday the 13th would have it, we've had technical difficulties for the past two hours. So and it is now Saturday the 14th. It is now Saturday the 14th. <laughs> and uh, like normal fourth wall fashion, we are doing the after midnight delight and bringing you your, your wrestling news. So Doc, well, my Skype my Skype audio took a big giant shit. I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Leave it to Doc to screw something up. It's not always my fault. It's usually your fault. No, no. See, I'm I'm the problem solver. I'm I'm the solution. You know, you oh, know yeah, how, you you know how Jersey Shore has my situation. Well, I'm Bones the solution. I don't know how many times your sound flowers flowered out on you. That was in our early stages of podcasting. That's before yeah, I was for any you, of those episodes. Yeah, you definitely mastered the, the, the sound flower. <laughs> it's all about sound flower. But actually, fam, on that note, don't forget, Wrestle Addicts Radio has launched our Patreon page. So be sure to go to patreon.com slash wrestleaddictradio, where for as low as $5 a month, you can receive exclusive content from all of the Wrestle Ad Radio personalities. And once we hit our goal of our first 25 Patreons, I am going to release Fourth Wall's very first 11 pilot episodes that have never been released. Unedited, uncut, and unscripted. And God, we had no fucking idea what we were doing. Unforgiving. Unforgiving, extremely unforgiving. So, fam, that's patreon.com slash wrestleaddictradio. $5 a month gets you exclusive content, merchandise discounts, exclusive access to our group me Patreon chat, and so much more. So show your support and come join the fam. So, Doc, we got a big weekend of wrestling again. Sunday, we have the AAA New York Invasion show coming to us live from the Hulu Center at Madison Square Garden. And also, WWE is going to be bringing us the 2019 edition of Clash of Champions coming to us live from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Doc, let's talk about the AAA New York Invasion show this Sunday. So, there's only been four matches set so far for this pay-per-view. So let's start off with the uh, six-man tag team match that has been announced. We're going to see the, uh, I'm, I'm going to say the New York debut of Kane Velasquez, who is a former UFC fighter. He already made his official debut at Triple Mania. Uh, he's going to be teaming up with Brian Cage and Psycho Clown as they take on Los Mercenarios. That's Rey Escorpion. Texano Jr. and Taurus. Next, we have a match that I'm really looking forward to, Doc. The AAA Tag Team Championship match. It's the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. versus the Latin American Express, LAX, Ortiz and Santana. So, that's... In my opinion, that's the match. Like that's like the best match on the card, right? Um, I guess Tessa and Taya is I'm pretty excited for. But I think if there's any match you want to see on this card, it's it's LAX versus Lucha Bros. Um, a little disappointed 
that we weren't getting or not getting Lucha Bros and Yum Bucks. I was hoping that with all the crossover AEW, this would be AEW's first like exposure in the New York market, and it's not. Um, I think that hurt. I think I hurt sales for this show a lot. I think a lot of things hurts things hurt this show a lot because you know when we went up to the press conference. It was going to be at the Garden in the arena, second wrestling show there after G One, and a lot of things I think went down between now and then to really uh, to really hurt this show and not make it as big as it could have been. Uh, I'm going to start with a couple of these. We went to the six man match um, with Kane Velasquez. Cody Rhodes was on his team at Triple Mania. And now he's been replaced with um, with Brian Cage, you said? Correct, yes. Yeah, with Brian Cage, right. So I thought. So that's a step down. You know, you look at, you know, as I said, the the Lucha Brothers event. You're not having the Young Bucks now. That's a step down. And there's a lot of other factors that win to play here. Um, after After AAA announced their show, WWE announced their return to the Garden the same week as the triple a show so now fans who might have spent their money on the triple a show immediately are now spending their money on raw and smackdown at the garden right. and that's just i mean that's new york's home market i really feel like that was corner i really wonder if wwe really had a strategy for that um it's a strategy to combat you know some of the wrestling growth in this in this country i think that's a smart move that wwe did i mean you're protecting your turf basically and you know they showed that they're still the big dog in New York, so that probably really hurt the sales for this show. Uh, I think not having the AEW talent was the real deal breaker. Now, uh, I guess this show was done with Impact. Impact's got some great wrestlers, yep. but they don't have the names and the pull that AEW has. Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks would have sold out the Garden with the AAA roster. They're not on the card. And that's why the show's in the theater now. Lucha Brothers are popular to wrestling fans, but they're not as big as guys like Kenny and the Bucks and Cody. They're not creating the buzz that those guys are creating. Hopefully, AAA gets to do something like this again, but um, or and but with the AEW talent, or eventually, hopefully, AEW finally decides to show their face in New York City and they can bring some of the AAA wrestlers with them. You were also reading some interesting notes about. Um, Killer Cross today you were telling me about before Bones, and he brought up the AAA show at the Garden. Um, go into that a little bit. Well, yeah, Killer Cross is not happy with his uh, his tenure right now at Impact. Him and uh, his girlfriend Scarlett Bordeaux both requested their releases. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux recently uh, reported to the Performance Center. It hasn't been um, officially announced by the WWE, but I did see reports on it. I believe it may have been Meltzer that reported it. Uh, but Killer Cross, unfortunately, is still uh, working out his contract. And Impact is not giving him any dates. And when Impact joined up with AAA to put on this New York Invasion show, they actually pulled Killer Cross from the AAA card. And he was originally supposed to be on the card. Because AAA went out and actually asked him. Because he has worked for AAA in the past. Right, and it just doesn't make sense that they're pulling people off the card and replacing them. There's only four matches on the card, which give this gives this show now, instead of the big show that was originally seemed to be promised to us from AAA, we're now getting what's essentially an NXT-like house show, in my opinion. Right, 
And speaking of NXT, yeah. as I mentioned, with Scarlett Bordeaux reporting to the Performance Center, Killer Cross did mention in a in an interview he had with uh, Sporting News that you know because of his these issues he's having with Impact, they're holding him back from pursuing his new dreams and his new goals. And I'm actually curious, you know, I wonder what that may be. You know, is he was he thinking of coming back to AAA now? AAA is trying to invade. Uh, New York and just come make their name over here in America. Was he going to sign with AEW? Because why not? Any wrestling fan's answer is going to be, well, he's going to sign with AEW. And anytime someone gets released or or uh, works out their contract, they're going to go to AEW. Or would he be following his girlfriend's and footsteps and go, not footsteps, but follow his girlfriend and go to the Performance Center and maybe be a, one of the top names over in NXT? All right, with NXT becoming a a television thing now and, and then you still long. have NXT and you st- then it's two hours long and you still have NXT UK. There's a lot, there's one thing you can say about WWE having a lot of talent. There's a lot of different programming for them to showcase their talent. The only, honestly, the only one of their shows that produces wrestling that's a real dud is 205 live. You know, we're on SmackDown, obviously have their moments where they're not very good, but they're still, Got enough people watching that, you know, it's WWE's not in serious trouble. You know, obviously their NXT brands are, are why most people subscribe to the network. And there's definitely opportunity for Killer Cross in NXT because eventually the AEW roster is going to fill up and you only have two hours of TV a week. So there's only so much talent they can have, too. There's probably only so much talent they should have since they're a startup wrestling promotion. You right. know, you don't need to have, you don't, they don't need to have 50 guys on roster. Who do they have? I think 40 now, 35, 40. I think it's somewhere around 40 right now, yeah. So anyway, so that's the AAA show. I mean, I'm still excited to hopefully be live in attendance to watch this uh, CLAX and Lucha Brothers. That, that's the match I'm most excited for so far. Uh, obviously, Tessa and Ty also. I shouldn't, yeah, definitely those two matches right now, the top two I'm looking forward to the most. I haven't, I've never had a chance to see any of them wrestle live. So I'm excited to see them all live for the first time at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. It's close enough to MSG to say it's at MSG, though. <laughs> it's MSG-ish. msg But, you know, it's not as big as it could be because, one, because of some crafty booking by WWE, right. and two, because, you know, at the end of the day, AAA wasn't, wasn't with the right partner to sell out a, a Madison Square Garden show. When they said they were at the Garden, my assumption was they have to have AEW talent. It's the only way they're selling at the Garden. Yeah, that's the only way. You know, isn't it? They're not really on TV in America. I don't know anything about their storylines. You don't get to watch it here. If they're on TV in America, I've never seen it. Do you know if they have an American TV deal? I don't think they do. No TV deal that I know of, but there is a mobile app called Pluto TV, and they actually have their own channel on this mobile app. It's a free app, everyone. So if you guys are interested in looking at up AAA. Download this Pluto TV app and go check them out there. That's the only access it's not have to them right now. It's not live. It's, it's not, not current, live. but at least you can get to, get to see what AAA is about. I got news flash for you, bud. Not being live doesn't fucking cut it in the American wrestling landscape. Okay? True, but look at how Plus successful N- NXT has been. Yeah, and now it's NXT. You know, NXT also has a ceiling amongst the fan base. There's a bunch of hardcore fans who love it. True, and they'll go pack out an arena five times a year. But outside of that, NXT has a ceiling. They're moving the TV because they're trying to burst through that ceiling now. 
Yeah, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. They're going to burst through the ceiling now. They're going to get more eyes on the product. So we all, we all know how it's going to unravel. But let's move over to the WWE side, and let's talk about Clash of Champions. Okay. But before we get into the card, Doc, let's take a quick break and hear oh, I got these words things. from our friends at Wrestle Addict Radio. I got some things for this. What is going on, everybody? This is your resident Universal Royalty King, Ricky Rose, speaking. And if you like what you're listening to right now, I want to invite you guys to check out my wrestling show, The Kings of the Rings Podcast, coming out with a new episode each and every Friday right here on Wrestle Addict Radio. You don't want to miss it. What is going on, everybody? This is your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz, from the Game Changer Podcast. You are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. And we're back. So, Doc, let's hit the card. So, Clash of Champions is the one time of year that every single championship is on the line. And also the one time of year that we actually see the tag team championships being defended. Um, (laughs) I'll get into that later. But let's start off with uh, the first match. Uh, this is the only match that is not for a championship. It's a no disqualification match where Eric Rowan is finally going to show Roman Reigns what he's made of. So, I think this match should probably open up the card because I feel like no. this story is going nowhere and I feel like this is going to be a blow-off match just because I think... WWE Creative knows that they botched this whole storyline, and it's going to end with Roman Reigns winning, and it's going to be a nothing match. Uh, what? I, I'm curious. I'm curious for you. I'm curious at you. What? Outside of the weird, like Eric Rowan impersonator thing, like that, that I didn't get. What do you especially not like about? This Rowan and Roman storyline. I have my thoughts on the storyline, and I have my thoughts on this being a match in a pay review. I want your storyline thoughts first, and then I'm going to come at you. I, this is nothing against Eric Rowan. I was very surprised by his good work on the mic um, the past couple weeks. He's coming out of his shell finally after all these years, but it's still underwhelming that it ended up being Eric Rowan. Now, on the same note, I, on the other side, I do think that we might find out who the real person is behind this on Sunday at Clash of Champions, where Eric Rowan is just the middleman doing the dirty work for someone. You know, could it be Daniel Bryan? Could it be uh, Bray Wyatt? You know, could it be someone completely that we haven't even thought of yet? You know, it could be fucking Goldberg. It could be there. Bray Wyatt, and that's where I'm thinking, like, if this is going to lead towards, like, like a long-term story where the end is Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns in a feud that also somehow encompasses Daniel Bryan and the four of them or Roman versus the three of them, then I think SmackDown's been getting it right with the build for the feud. Like, I'm not bored by this storyline because, like you said, Rowan hasn't been bad. What bothers me about this story is that this match should be headline. It should be main eventing Tuesday SmackDown. Agreed. Not on this card. Agreed. This should be the main event for SmackDown on Tuesday. And and the King of the Rain finals match should still be on here. Because right. that's 
the other way. That's the other thing. And we, we'll get to that. We'll, well, no, let's talk about the Canarine finals match. Cause yeah. it's not, on, it's not on this card because of that match. Right. They could, they've done the cane in the rain. So good. Until SmackDown this week. There have been so many, there's reports coming out in dirt sheets that Big Smith man's not happy with Bischoff, not happy with SmackDown, this day and everything. I haven't hated SmackDown since Bischoff took over. I've, I've liked Raw more. Right. But I'm, I'm always going to like a Heyman thing more than a Bischoff thing. That's just me personal. But that being said, I don't think SmackDown's been bad. I don't hate the Dan, the Brian Rowan Roman storyline, which has been one of the, the big storylines of SmackDown. I think if it goes somewhere down the line where maybe first Roman feuds with Daniel Bryan, and just when he thinks he's vanquished Rowan and Daniel Bryan, this could be down the line in 2020. Bray Wyatt shows up to be his next opponent, and Bray Wyatt's been moving all the pieces all along. And there's creative ways you can write that story where you can look back and there's things. And I'm not going to get into all of them now, but I think the immediate thing you could have done with Bray Wyatt is instead of inserting Shane McMahon into the fucking, into the King of the ring thing, just hear me out, hear me out, hear me okay. out. Cause I see the look on your face. Okay. Fucking fucking Gables down there ready for his opponent. Fucking lights go out. Dean comes out, takes out Gable real quick. I know that hurts Gable, but the, with how hot Bray Wyatt is right now, I think Gable can recover and down the line have a good match with Wyatt to make up for it without the shock value of not knowing your opponent, this, that, and the other thing. There's way, you know, Gable got screwed and he was prepared to wrestle somebody else. It's down there. There's ways you could protect Gable in that situation. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. And then you put Bray Wyatt into the Kane of the Ring finals and then have him beat. And all of a sudden, tweener Baron Corbin, uh, which, you know, I know we've Let's talked a lot Corbin. about how much Corbin sucks <laughs> at fucking yeah. Madison Square Garden, dude. Yeah. And all of a sudden, tweener Baron Corbin, the man who we booed out of MetLife Stadium. <laughs> he was also retiring Kurt Angle. We booed him out of MetLife Stadium. And we all know Corbin works hard. We, I, I mean, I guess there was going to be a point where people respect his work ethic. He had a harder road. He got the football route like Roman Reigns more so than the independent wrestler route. Um, but yet this all of a sudden tweener Corbin. Well, and shit, have Bray Wyatt come out, who is also kind of a tweener. He wins. He beats Corbin in the King of the Ring. Has this really weird-ass macabre coronation ceremony. Cuts some fucking epic goddamn promo, because you know Bray Wyatt cuts epic promos. Mm -hmm. and then later on the night, he fucking ruins the Universal title match. Takes out Seth and freaking Braun, who have already had a match earlier in the night. So people got to see them. And then that sets up for main event, Hell in a Cell, triple threat. No one sees it coming. Instead, you got predictable store SmackDown storytelling. Everybody knew Shane McMahon was good to be the replacement. Everybody knew when Shane McMahon walked out to get Chad Gable's replacement, it was just going to be Shane McMahon walking back in. It was predictable. At least he lost, but it was predictable. But predictable, but at least it made sense. You know, as, as pissed off. All right, hold on. Shane McMahon's a heel, right? He was getting heat. Yes. He was getting heat. 
it might not have been the way we wanted the storyline to go and that we wanted to see, but he was getting the heat that he that he needs. It could have been more interesting. It, I just find it unique. I find it ironic that the, the the week that reports come out, Vince isn't happy with Bischoff. His son ends up on TV again. Right. Yeah, that's what bothers me. You know, yeah, when and I would have rather seen sense. something. I would have rather seen something more creative, a creative way to work Bray Wyatt into the King of the Rings storyline, the world, t- the Universal Title storyline, and you're still maybe possibly setting up for him. Maybe this kind of kind of kills the Daniel Bryan Rowan thing for a bit, but you could do that down the line. That's what I'm saying. If if it's just Daniel Bryan Roman's going to feud with into like you know into Survivor Series, you can introduce Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns in 2020. Like there's there's ways you could have done this way more creative, and I feel like I wish I could like get like a whiteboard and draw it out for our listeners so it doesn't seem so convoluted. But I swear it all makes sense in my head, and it just instead we got predictable Shane McMahon. Like I don't know, that's not good TV. Right. You know, that's I, not I good definitely TV. think they could have. I would have rather have seen them get Samoa Joe to face Chad Gable. Because in storyline-wise, that would have made sense. Samoa Joe did not get pinned in the triple threat match that he had to be in because of the um, the no contest that him and Ricochet okay. had two weeks prior. All right, you know what, Joe? You weren't the one who was pinched. Now you got, an, you got a second chance to face Chad Gable. And yet at that point... Have Chad Gable go over go over on Samoa Joe clean. Joe could afford a loss against Gable, and that's going to fucking really help to put Gable over. I think the end right. result, regardless, was to get Gable into the finals against Corbin. Unfortunately, Gable probably is going to lose, unless he pulls out some <laughs> underdog shit and surprises everybody. And fucking, I, I could see Gable winning this. but Yeah, it could be a nice surprise, but you know, I'm not upset if Corbin wins. I no, just want I, I want to make sure if Corbin wins, he reestablishes the firm heel character. Exactly. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's where this is going. Yeah, nothing is tweener bullshit. I think we all yeah. are pretty sure that's where this is going. But uh, with Gable, the end result was to get him to the finals. And even though he didn't win clean over Elias, putting him in a match against Shane McMahon in a two out of three falls match is not bad either. Because that's helping to give a, a, a little rub to Chad Gable. Because you're in the ring. You're in the ring with a McMahon. So I'm looking at it as a positive. Much as storyline-wise I hated it, it looks good on Gable's part, and I really hope they don't fuck up what they have with Gable moving forward after now the tournament's over and he's out of the tournament. Because like I said last week, I, watching him and Andrade in the ring together, they could be this era's Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, you said that last week. Um, you're ab- I, I could totally see that, man. Absolutely. The work Gable's put in has been very impressive. I like. I really do like where his character's going, the direction that he's trending into. And it seems like the audience is buying into what he's doing also, which is really nice mm-hmm. to see. Right. So anyway, let's go back to um, Roman Reigns versus Rowan. Predictions. Who's winning? Roman. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Roman. I, I, like I said, I still think this, yeah. is, a, this is the blow-off. Uh, unfortunately, as much as I want to see more development, I feel like, I don't know, I just don't see, I don't see this going anywhere after this. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it moves on to Daniel Bryan after this. Right, I think right. this is a I stepping stone whole, to Roman I, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but I think the whole Roman attacks story, that part of the story might be done after this. This is the blow-off. 
Yeah, but I think you're still going to move. I mean, you could still move into it and just forget about that part. Just like, about the attacks, you know, yeah, yeah you just kind of have it where you just, you know, the next night on, or on SmackDown, you know, Rowan comes out, confronts Roman, gets in his face, and Daniel Bryan hits him from behind with a chair, cuts a scathing heel Daniel Bryan promo, and now you have new life in the feud again. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I, I want to see Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. I don't think I've ever seen those two in the ring together since Daniel Bryan's been back, at least from his injury. Yeah, I think maybe... I think only in tag team action they fought each other when the Shield yeah, and, and the Wyatt family... Or no, oh, no, I'm sorry, when the Shield... The Shield um, and, no, hell no, team hell no days. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm talking like recently, though. Recently, definitely... They have not no, I don't think they've ever. I don't think they've ever faced each other one on one in WWE on like a major or like a televised thing. I think it's only. I'm pretty sure they 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 Roman. I want to say Roman and Rollins feud feuded with Team Hell Now, back in like when they first started. Don't hold me to that. But okay. uh, I'm trying to like get my, yeah. No, that sounds about right. If I remember, I'll have to look up my history. My history, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. It sounds right to me. Um, again, I wasn't watching wrestling at that time. Right. When the Shield first started and Team Hell No was a thing. So I'm just going to go with whatever you're saying. Go ahead, Doc. It's not going to open the card. Not going to open the show, though. I think the, the Raw Tag Team title match is going to open the show. I th- Yeah. I think they're going to get that Raw Tag Team title match out early. Well, yeah, because they're facing each other later on. It makes sense. It's usually, you know. Guys work at double duty, first and last match. That only right. makes the most sense. Right, it makes sense. Um, yeah. So we, do we? Who do, you, who, do you, who do you like in that match? Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Seth and Braun retaining. I think it's going to make for the whole one-on-one match storyline that much more uh, involved. And who the hell is Rudolph? You know, it's like they you don't just put two singles wrestlers together win a gauntlet match and also become the Raw Tag Team Champions. I still don't understand why they took the Tag Team Championships off of the OC in the first place. Like, looking at the Braun and Seth angle from the singles side, the Universal Championship side, cool, it's interesting. I, I kind of I like where the story's going. You know, this reminds me of the days back when John Cena and Shawn Michaels were Tag Team Champions, and they were facing right. the one-on-one as well. You know, I, I, right. I could appreciate that, but on the Tag Team title side, why take the titles off of the OC? Or why even, I feel why like even the, put them on the OC in the first place? I would have rather have seen them beat the Revival for the titles. Let the Revival hold on to those titles longer. I think the thought is that WWE feels that Rude and Ziggler are going to make Strowman look better than Gallows and Anderson or even... Wilder and Dawsonwood. I can see where they're at. Well, no, I don't agree anything. All four of those guys are top-notch workers, as far as I'm concerned. So that I think that's the the belief they have. You know, after seeing how, you know, Dolph took the beating from Goldberg so well, but uh, I'm not fully bought into this tag team of Rude of Rudolph. I think I could be down the line, but it's like you say. I feel like it's kind of rushed. I feel like this could be good. You know, Rude. You know, Rude especially is a great tag team wrestler. Right. It just feels rushed. Like, let's figure out what this team's. Like, I don't know what this team's all about yet. Outside of two disgruntled guys who are really good workers and can't seem to catch a break in WWE to get them to, to at least the upper mid card consistently. 
Right. And we don't even know why they were they teamed up in the first place. Like out of nowhere. The last it, time Rude and, Rude and I almost said Rude and Gable. Rude and Ziggler were in a ring together, they were enemies. That was when Rude first came to the main roster. Who was his first feud? It was against Dolph Ziggler. Right. Now, how about this? You know, Strawn, Bra- Strawn, <laughs> Seth and Braun win. <laughs> right? They retained the titles. Mm-hmm. They've been teasing an OC Bobby Rude, Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler alliance on Raw. Do you think those two joined the OC? Um, I think the OC is going to try and be like the NWO was and I could see right. the OC that's the growing. vibe I'm getting that's what it seems like they're going towards I got that vibe this week on Raw when they made event with the 10 man tag match which I really enjoyed that match but the I way, did I enjoyed the, the build to get to that to get that right throughout the whole night that was a, too. it was a good well written journey to get to that very entertaining right. You know, Stone Cold did his part well. Right. But the way Ziggler and Root approached AJ Styles, Luke, um, Gallows, and Anderson about, you know, being a part of of the OC, you know, or just not just teaming up with them, but, you know, trying to to help the the group grow. I I could see where that goes. But now in that situation, break them up as a tag team because you can't have them and Gallows and Anderson in there. You can't have the two tag teams. No, right. Of course. Of course. I was thinking the same okay, thing. Okay, so that's the case. And I'd be down for that's that. That's the I case. I want to see the OC grow. If that's the case, then do, say, Gallows and Anderson run in, you know, make the match end dirty. They take out Strowman and they take out Seth and they're all battered for a universal title match. And during that match, the five of them come out and just ramshackle that match. Mm-hmm. And the freaking night ends with, you know, maybe AJ stealing the universal title holding the U.S. title, stealing the tag titles, making a statement like, hey, we're coming for everything. Do you end Clash of Champions like that? I think we're going to see The Fiend. You think The Fiend's going to end Clash of Champions? Okay. I'm just throwing, I know I've talked to Fiend too. I'm just throwing a bunch of ideas, like mm-hmm. thoughts in my head. Like, there's there's a lot of really cool shit you could do with the way this pay-per-view set up. Right. And it's a yeah, it's a credit that the writing's been better. I've enjoyed Raw and SmackDown, so it's like my brain goes wild. Like, man, a bunch of really cool shit can happen. I'm sure they're gonna do something I've never even thought of that I'm gonna hate. Right. But <laughs> well, is that always the case? Always the case. Brock Lesnar is gonna come out at F5. Everybody. everybody. Oh God, could you imagine? <laughs> he's gonna fucking Brock. He's gonna get a new money in the bank. He's gonna, gonna get a new, out with box a new money. And he's gonna walk out a boombox and call it his briefcase. He's going to cash it in on every single title that's involved in the main event and walk out the singular tag team champion, the singular universal champion. I guess Heyman can be the other tag champion. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, and then man. everybody stopped watching wrestling. <laughs> All right, Doc. So what are your predictions for the Raw tag team title match? I think a lot of people think Rude and Ziggler are going to win just because of the nature of the Seth and Ra- Seth and Braun relationship. I'm with you. I think it's going to be Seth and Braun retaining because I think that does make for a more interesting main event. Yeah, agreed. So let's move on to another tag team match. Let's talk about the women's tag team championships as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defend those titles against Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. 
Now, I can go either way with this. Um, I'm starting to like the Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross alliance. And I do like them together as a tag team. And I feel like there's no need to take the titles off of them yet. But I also am a fan of Mandy and Sonya. I think the two of them have improved a ton since they first came to the main roster. And the tag team titles need to be on a tag team. And Fire and Desire is more of a tag team than Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross is. Do I, but on the other hand, I could also see Fire and Desire losing, breaking up because of it, and Sonya and Mandy going off and doing their own solo things, and then Mandy Rose potentially managing Heavy Machinery like we talked about last week. Mandy. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm Freaky not lady. very high up on Mandy. I am not very high up on Mandy Rose. I do like Sonya. I don't really like Mandy. Ring them in. You got to give her some credit. She, yeah, but I'm I'm not. She's not championship material, in my opinion. I think Alexa and Nikki. I think Alexa and Nikki are wrestlers that are championship material. They've made something that shouldn't have worked work really well. Right. And like all of a sudden, like Bliss is, you know, feeling good as a face, and almost you know they're obviously the face here, and they're feeling good about it. And I like that more because when Alexa does eventually stab Nikki in the back, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to be a lot stronger because we're actually buying into I'm, me. At least I'm buying this. Right. And a really cool swerve would be if Nikki's the one who turns on Alexa, that would be a swerve that I would enjoy because I mean, we all know Nikki, I mean, Nikki, yo, Nikki was running out to the ring this week. Like she was the ultimate warrior, dude. It was awesome. When Mandy was talking all that shit, yo, she came around now. All I could think was. I just wanted to see her run around like the whole ramp. Like you're five and just yell and just. Awesome. And hey, you can say what you want about Warrior to Wrestler. That dude had all the fucking charisma. That's all that dude. That dude was nothing but charisma. He was some badass charisma. I didn't give a when I was six years old, I didn't give a fuck how little he knew about wrestling. All I gave a fuck was that he was jacked and he was fucking insane. And I loved it. <laughs> amen, brother. Amen. I thought he was a fucking superhero. It was, but that was a superhero era, too, of wrestling. Right. They all were like that. Not, not. Yeah. Seriously, they were all like that because they all had their own. The gimmicks. They were very superhero-like Bro. back then. It felt like. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that's where anyway, you're going, bro. Yeah, that's where I was going, bro. All right, so <clears throat> who do you have winning this women's tag team championship match? Alexa and Nikki. Right on. I'm with you on that one. I think they're going to uh, retain it, though. I said, there's no reason to take the titles off them yet. <clears throat> but I do think we're going to see the separation, uh, finally, of fire and desire also. Or at least the beginning, uh, the beginnings of it. Let's move on to yeah, the Yeah, I just don't... I just, not championship material, Mandy. Not yet. Maybe one day. Well, you know, in Vince's eyes, she is. Well, she's, you know, hot and blonde. Yeah, it's the Vince special. All right, moving on to the next match. We're going to the United States Championship match. We have the current champion, AJ Styles, defending his title against Cedric Alexander. What do you think about Cedric Alexander? I like Cedric Alexander. I think they, like, really botched his debut. 
you know, like the whole mask thing, like yes. that was pretty stupid. Um, I mean, his in-ring work is awesome. He's getting some big wins. I think he's gradually starting to win the crowd over. Um, you think he needs a math piece? I, I don't think so. Uh, personally, I like what they've been doing with guys like Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, Buddy Murphy, Ali. Ali, uh, in, yeah. In the recent months, they've really showcased four guys who really don't fit the mold, uh, the Vince McMahon mold. But they are making these four guys look strong. It's almost like they're trying to find their next Rey Mysterio. I think in a way, it's. I think it's cool to watch these guys let their wrestling do the talking. Right. Like what's going to win the crowd over at those guys is not what they say. It's the the awesome it's shit they do, in, they the do in the ring. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's how these guys are going to live in their twenties and their thirties, mm-hmm. and then you know when they're older and they've earned the respect in the ring. I mean, fucking hey, Rey Mysterio can go on a camera and say "fuck your mother" now, and people right. are still going to like him. You know. Right. So I think that's the goal for guys like that who, you know, they're they're a little more serious. They don't have that crazy super jacked up machismo. You know, they 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 carry themselves like almost like professional athletes more so than big time sports entertainers. Right. And I think it's cool that they're giving guys a shot like that. You know, that's I think Triple H's influence in the product. You know, kind of trying to bring in another type of audience. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, once they get in the ring, you know, you can't help but be in awe at some of the stuff those guys do. Cedric, Ricochet, um, Ali, all of them. I but. In this match, while Cedric is, I think, going to put on a strong performance, I think AJ is going to pin him. He's probably going to have the help of the club. Um, That's just kind of, I think they need to keep doing that, just to keep building AJ as a heel more. It's very easy for the fans to flip that heel AJ to face AJ really quick because he's such a good wrestler. Right. So you have to really, really firmly establish that heel thing and really make it so you hate him. Like, you know, what made Hogan heel turn so great? He firmly established that you're supposed to hate him by the right. actions him the NWO did in the ring. And obviously there were the detractors, and there's people who just like heels. There's wrestling fans who prefer cheering for heels. It's part of the fun of wrestling. Right. But AJ needs to continue to cement that heel status so that we know there's no turning back for the immediate future, especially if the OC is going to turn in to a really big faction like you and I are thinking it might. Right. But it's not just, you know, putting over – uh, styles as a heel it's also just cementing the oc the group the, the faction as a legit heel fa- um heel force that's going to run roughshod over the roster on, on raw fuck it and smackdown wild card yeah. bitches right wild card bitches yeah they have the fucking wild, wild card bitches oh uh, you know on that note did you hear uh talks about a potential draft happening again in the future not potential i heard it's happening yeah apparently the, the brand split is going to be stronger than ever once smackdown moves to fox that's what i keep reading which really blows my mind because like that's gotta piss off the other company that they don't have access to half the roster right that's no, that, gotta drive people that, nuts that brings up a pretty good idea maybe next week we'll or maybe in the upcoming weeks we'll do another fantasy draft show 
before this. That's uh, not a bad idea. Draft. I always like doing who we want to see drafts. on Fox, who we want to see on on USA. Yeah, who and maybe yeah. even include NXT people as well. Yeah, we could totally do, you we think, totally do, do you that. Do you think some? Do you think some main roster guys are going to jump down to NXT? You know what? With the let's, let's talk about someone who is not currently on the card for Clash of Champions. Actually, a few different people. So, everyone knows about the whole Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens, you know, feud they have, a little rival they have going on. Um, right. Elias is sucked into it because Elias, because of the King of the Ring tournament, Elias faced KO in the first round and beat him. Uh, obviously, not clean. It was dirty uh, to advance into the King of the Ring. And then in the semifinals, Elias got injured. Was supposed to face Gable. We mentioned this earlier, but then Gable went on to go face Shane McMahon. So, do we? First of all, are we going to see any any of these those four wrestlers at Clash of Champions? Gable, Kevin Owens, Elias, or Shane McMahon? Well, definitely is. Um... No, you don't think so. Nothing else is going to come out of the storyline. No, I think it's. I think it's just gonna. I think it's gonna move the Raw and or SmackDown. It's gonna. Move, I think it's gonna continue to play out on TV, just not on Clash of Champions. There's okay. no re. If you're not gonna have the King of the Ring Finals and the tournament, it's time to move to do everything on TV. Right. Okay. Everything. I I read somewhere that the reason KO was fired is because he's gonna move to NXT. Well, he did, sent did out you a see tweet that? after he was quote unquote kayfabe fired. Right, that's what it was, the tweet. He sent out a tweet that had three numbers, and each number corresponds to the letters NXT, like what number they are in the alphabet. I mean... Could you imagine NXT's first night on TV, Adam Cole puts out an open challenge, Adam Cole puts out an open challenge, and always comes out, just fucking takes Cole out in the whole Undisputed Era. That would be some fire to you start see, NXT. I would rather see Kevin Owens join the Undisputed Era because they all they all have a history together from Ring, uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But is Kevin Owens gonna? Could, should Kevin Owens be playing second fiddle to Adam Cole? I mean, if you're talking, if you're thinking, if you're bringing indies into this, then I guess it's really not that big of a deal, right? But then we we would have to get titles on everyone else in in undisputed era. Yeah, yes, but I I feel like we're kind of thinking a little too much there. I don't. I feel like maybe you maybe you get them to get maybe you tease like a, a fight at first or Owen shows up the challenge Cole and then it winds up double. I don't know. I'd rather see Owens and Cole fight fight each other first. Okay, I can see that too, and I would want yeah. to see that. I'd rather see that first. I think right. that's a marquee match that could go up against anything AEW puts out because those are two guys that the AEW fan base and the NXT fan base know very well. Yeah, um, I, right now we're, we're just fantasy booking, but I, I, I think Kevin Owens' tweet just means that he's probably going to be at the first episode, first live episode or something. I don't think it's going to be anything bigger. I think Third Chiefs is just taking it and running with it, and Kevin Owens was smart by going, oh, I'm going to fuck with everyone and put these numbers out there, a little teaser, teaser tweet or whatever, yeah. 
Alright, so let's next, let's talk about the Intercontinental Championship match. We have the current Naka Continental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, taking on The Miz. Now, let me run this by you. Over recent weeks, AEW had all out. AEW has made announcements of their TV deal going to TNT starting in October and already throwing shade on NXT um, going to war with them Wednesday nights. Jericho has the um, has held the Intercontinental Championship nine times. The Miz has not beaten Jericho's record yet. Uh, Miz is at eight. If Miz wins, he will officially have tied Chris Jericho. Is this Vince's way of getting Jericho's name out of history books and getting someone else to take to beat his record just so they can get rid of Jericho's name? No, I don't think. Well, let's go back in history. After the NWO formed and WCW became a real thing, Vince put the strap on Hogan and Austin. I'm sorry, Hogan and Austin. Son of a strap bitch. On. Austin and The Rock. Austin and The Rock. Strap on? Yeah, strap on. Austin and The Rock. More times than Hogan. Like, Hogan had won five times. Mm-hmm. By the time Austin was done and The Rock was done, he was. they were six-time champions. Right. So that... You can look back on history and say, did Vince do that? So fuck with not only not only Hulk Hogan, but Bret Hart, too, who was also the only other five-time champion in WWE at that time. Right. You could say there's some, there's some validation to your argument that Vince has done something like that before. Um, I don't think he would do that for that reason. I think he would only do that if it was right. Do you think it's right for the Miz to be beating Nakamura right now? I kind of think what they're finally doing with Nakamura is like, like I'll tell you what, it they they couldn't carry it for the whole match segment, but I loved Corey Graves' interpretations of Nakamura's. Right, <laughs> like Nakamura says, "Shut up, Saxton." <laughs> like, yeah, I, I got a that. kick out of all that. And- Unfortunately, I feel like they. They couldn't keep up the whole time. I never know what goes on because I know how in like they're in the commentators' ears the gorilla position is, especially Vince. So who knows what was really being said? Because eventually it started getting awkward at the end. I'm sure it is because there was some sort of backstage interference. That being said, I like Nakamura as Intercontinental Champion. I like the Sami Zayn alliance, and I think it'd be a cool way for the Miz to one of the all-time great Intercontinental Champions. I think the better situation here is to put Nakamura over. He's in a role where he's finally flourishing a little bit. He's getting to speak Japanese. They're not pushing the whole speak English thing on him. He's fucked. Right. They're doing it right. Like, right. don't take the belt off him at this point. Right. Silly. No. I'm, Silly. I'm, no, no, especially, especially, I'm sorry. Especially for petty reasons like fucking one up and Chris Jarrett. You're, you're not sorry. You may talk now. I know. No, this, you're right. This the is actually finished. You may not the talk. Doc Haas WrestleCast where Doc does nothing but talk and talk. I'm listening. You know, I feel for Smarky now. I feel I feel bad for Smarky, and I usually don't say that, but I feel bad for Smarky. Well, say things that aren't stupid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys. 
Um, I'm actually for once agreeing with you when Nakamura. I always give you right. shit for how much of a Nakamura fanboy you are. And I'm fucking finally like buying into what he's doing. And, and you're sitting here saying, maybe the Miz wins so we can get Jericho's name out of the record book. Petty booking is wow. never good booking. Wow, is that the way I sound? Just like that? Petty booking is never good booking. Yo, have some faith in your boy Nakamura. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoever, who, I, I never said I had no faith. I, uh, faith. I think Nakamura's going to win. I was just throwing that scenario out there. Bro. That would be really stupid. I, I hope Vince isn't that well, petty. Well, no, listen. I agree, dude. I agree. Miz, yes, Miz is going to uh, break break records, but not now. Nakamura needs to win this match. It's going to be a great match, him versus Miz. And they got to fucking start doing something else with Nakamura. Like, I love... I don't want to say I love you because I'm still buying... But I'm bought into the whole relationship with him and Sami Zayn. I'm totally down for that. I do like Sami Zayn as his mouthpiece. But... I just hope that after this this uh, matchup now with The Miz, they still do more with the IC title itself. Uh, I want to see Nakamura become the workhorse. It's the workhorse title. We need to see someone to actually hold that title, not just the physical title, but the title of workhorse as well on TV every week. Do we go Nakamura-Gable after this? Ooh. I don't know. I feel like Gable... I feel like that's a match that Gable would have to win. I, I, I'm, I'm happier with Gable beating Nakamura than The Miz beating Nakamura right now. Right now, yes. I, I would go with that. I and I'd like even be down that. for some, like, I'd even be down for some belt trading between Gable and Nakamura if it means great wrestling matches. Right. You know, yeah. Gable wins one. Next pay-per-view, Nakamura wins it back. Two pay-per-views later, after like a quick little re- re- reprieve of the feud, right. you know, Gable comes back and wins it again. You know, I'd be okay with all of that. So who do you have winning this IC title? You think Nakamura's going to retain? Nakamura. Nakamura? All day. I'm surprised we agree Shinsuke, on that. Shinsuke, all day. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to... The next match, we have the Triple Threat Cruiserweight Championship match with the champion Drew Gulak defending against Umberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. Gulak's going to retain. Yeah, it's just all roads, all roads lead to Gulak-Kushida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because uh, fam, for those of you that don't know, Kushida has made his main roster debut on WWE, appearing on this past week's episode of 205 Live. He was the mystery partner uh, for Jack Gallagher as they teamed up to take on the team of Akira Tozawa and the Brian Kendrick. Uh, we talked about it in the past, Doc. Uh, Kushida and Drew Gulak, they put on a series of great matches in NXT. Once Gulak won that championship, that Cruiserweight Championship, we're like, all right, now put him back in the ring with Kushida. Kushida's going to do a lot to make this title mean something. Not to anything away from Gulak. Gulak's great, but Gulak doesn't have that name recognition as much as I think Kushida does already with Kushida now being in the in NXT. I just hope, like you said, they work mm. the cruiserweights in the NXT out of NXT's mm. two hours and we're and just make the cruiserweight title an NXT title. NXT title, yes. The NXT crowd would would appreciate like what those guys do so much more than, you know, a how a show that a bunch of people are there to see what is it, SmackDown when they do two oh five? They do right? have to SmackDown, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's just it's it doesn't work out that way. It's not 
you know, it's the most unsuccessful show, like I said before, that WWE puts out of wrestling programming. I mean, not including main event, but it's the most unsuccessful show, and it could be better if it was just produced differently. Right. Produced in the NXT arena, you know, put them on takeovers. You can you could make takeover a little longer. I'd be okay with a three and a half hour takeover if it meant putting a cruiserweight title match in there. I'm cool with that. Couldn't agree more, Doc. Uh, I'm going to go with Gulak retaining. You you agree with that? Same prediction? Yes, Gulak retaining. Do we see Kushida interfere in this match? Or do you think Kushida's... Do, see, I don't know if they've established a Kushida-Gulak rivalry uh, after the three matches they had in NXT because Kushida just came up to 205 Live this week. What? I mean... A good time to debut him would be on a pay-per-view, even if it's a pre-show match, on a big pay-per-view. That's got some, I feel, some decent buzz going into it. I would rather see, yeah, I would rather see Kushida debut at the pay-per-view than, or I would rather see Kushida start a Gulak feud on Clash of Champions than on 205 Live, just because I think more eyes are going to see it on Clash of Champions. And it might just entice people into 205 a little bit, especially if it's a fire debut and he really like makes an impression on the audience, which I think Kushida has the ability to do if he's allowed to start the feud correctly. Right. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. I hate that we agree a lot on these prediction shows. Yeah, we're, we're really smart. Yeah. All right, man. Let's talk about the SmackDown Women's Championship. We have the current champion, Bailey defending against Charlotte Flair. Does Charlotte Flair win her uh, ninth women's championship? Nope. Does Bailey retain because of Sasha interfering? Yep. Do we see all four horsewomen in the ring at some point at Clash of Champions? Maybe. Okay. So, who do you have winning this? And why? I, I, I guess Charlotte. No, I think Bailey wins, and like Sasha makes her presence felt, but doesn't like really like she doesn't like interfere in a match. Like she doesn't attack Charlotte. Maybe does like a ramp walk out or right. some some sort of like visual distraction where Bailey can take advantage. And I would love to see Bailey win with like a roll up and holding the tights. Like yes. really establish that heel Bailey character. Yeah, they've done nothing to establish that character. Like the way she came out on SmackDown this week, she was still so fucking babyface. Yeah, the two like, men, the, like, the the bright colors, the smiles, the hugs. Like, stop already. We know. Stop that's with not the you. fuck. We know there's more that. more of you in there than just that. So, so really, if you want to establish her as a heel, have her win that way. Sasha, right. visual distraction, roll up tights, mm-hmm. and you're you're and you're pinning. The dirtiest player in the game's daughter with with her own freaking rules, you right. know? Yeah. Beating her in her own game. Does nothing but make Bailey look good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Without hurting Charlotte. Agreed. So, so that's what I would like to see happen. So we, we both agree Bailey's going to retain? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think so, too. I think they're really trying to push Bailey to be strong. And also, this is going to lead to the Survivor Series. Bailey versus uh, either Becky or Sasha. But we'll get to that match a little bit later. Uh, so, Doc, I want to point out, so far we've already talked about seven matches 
on the card. Six of them are title matches, and so far, every champion has retained. Now, let's go on to the 24-7 championship, which is going to be defended in some way at Clash of Champions, but will probably change hands multiple times throughout the night. Um, I think by the end of the night, um, Rob Gronkowski retains. Oh, my God. <laughs> is Rob Gronkowski... What the fuck do you want me Charlotte? to say? How do you predict it? How do you predict the goddamn twenty four seven title? What the fuck? Do you you Truth's gonna lose it at least three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, no. Some, let's, there's gonna let's, be some sort of joke this. to how Drake Murphy still has, or Drake Maverick still hasn't banged his wife. Like, so here's the thing with twenty four seven title. Truth's been great. He gets a pop. Everything else is too predictable, and they need to come up with a little something. A little, they need to jazz it up a bit. Um, having Rob Gronkowski. I don't know why I keep bringing up Rob Gronkowski. It just Thinking of a random ass name you could have win. <laughs> Cause you said who, who won it quickly? Who won in the dark on the dark match at the garden? Uh, uh Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor. Former yeah. New York yeah, Knicks player. Yeah, well, if mean, Enos Cantor is allowed to win, then I mean Gronk should own that title because he's twenty four seven at all times. He's legitimately right. a twenty four seven motherfucker. So I think Rob Gronkowski should win the twenty four seven title. I think you need to get him there, and that you need to pay that man. He's retired from football. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, man, we talked about it, and there's been talks, and Triple H already told him the door's always open. Oh, Gronk would be so freaking – what a debut that would be. Right? I agree. You, you, your first ever – you have a first ever in-ring match, and you become a champion. <laughs> now I wasn't gonna go the I wasn't gonna go the Gronkowski route. I was gonna say that this was going to end off with Drake Maverick leaving with the title. So I do see Drake Maverick getting his hands back on the twenty four seven title and making his way out of that arena very quickly, so he can go consummate his marriage. Which he Finally. won't do because we keep talking about that every every single week. week. Yeah. So. Sure. Right. Yeah, that. Anyways, so let's move on to the next match. But you know what? Before we get down to our final few matches, let's take another quick break. So, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What up, Booses? This is Double F, Double C, Jeff Pomaccio at 52 Points of Art, the host of Not Your Mama Soap Opera and Not Underscore Opera, where we showcase the entertainment side of professional wrestling. Can't wait to connect with all my ooses Wednesdays on the Wrestle Addicts Radio. That's at A-D-D-I-C-T-W-R-E-S-T-L-E. Can't wait to connect with you all. Have a good one. This is war. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. And we're back, fam. Doc, let's finish off with the final four matches on the card. Let's move over to the SmackDown Tag Team titles. We have the New Day defending against the Revival, who are currently Raw superstars, but wildcard bitches, right? Wildcard, bitches! Yeah! Well, they're obviously starting something with Randy Orton. It's becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you obviously have to get him over to SmackDown. And what better way to get them over to SmackDown and have that feud mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. than have them beat the New Day for the tag team titles. There's your first major title change of the night. The Revival will leave as SmackDown tag team champions. 
Undoubtedly. Wow. See, I... I would want to see Revival leave as SmackDown Tag Team Champions, but I think because of the momentum the New Day has right now, from them having the tag titles and Kofi being the champion, and also Kofi facing Orton at Clash of Champions... Um, well, I'll get into the Kofi thing a little bit later when we talk about Kofi and Orton, but I feel like New Day's going to retain just to keep the New Day's momentum going. And I don't think New Day's going to lose the tag titles till Kofi loses the championship title. I have thoughts for that. Would you like to move on to Kofi Let's and, move on to and Kofi Randy? And Orton. Let's move on to Because, yeah, these tie in together. Orton. Yes. I, I think there's going to be three title changes of these last four matches. I think Randy Orton is walking out WWE champion from this match. You know what? You are not alone. A lot of people are thinking yeah. that. And people are thinking that he's going to be champion when they move to Fox. Right. Because and I think here's – hear me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, go, yeah, you, no. go, go. Even if they've never watched wrestling and don't know Randy Orton, everyone now knows what an RKO is because it's a fucking meme. And it's been a meme for years. So everyone knows what the RKO is, and if you want to get people to tune in to watch fucking uh, SmackDown on Fox, oh, the guy that does, that guy that does that RKO thing, he's the champion. Let me go see who this guy is. Fox Five, right? I that's what right. I think. So here's why where I'm going with this. Orton wins, wins dirty. Mm-hmm. Rival are involved. They have all the gold now. That's your main story going into SmackDown, debuting on Fox. You have a faction, whatever they decide to call themselves. They hold, every one of them has some gold. Orton wins this match dirty. It sets up, brilliantly sets up for Orton Kofi Hell in a Cell, which is an absolute must at Hell in a Cell this year. You have to have Kofi Orton at Hell in a Cell this year. You have to. to. And if you do that, I am absolutely okay with Kofi winning the title back at Hell in a Cell and having Orton's title reign be short, have your first major feud is Kofi Kingston, who was so fucking over chasing Daniel Bryan in the WWE title. Get that mojo back again. You already have a long-term story, so it doesn't have to take as long for Kofi to beat Randy. Like, you already have 9, 10, 11 years of backstory with right. this with this feud. So you can have him win the title right back at Hell in a Cell. You have him win clean. It's in the cell. Kofi's going to be great in the cell. Orton knows what he's doing in the cell. He's a veteran of the match. Like, that could be one of the best matches of the year in WWE. And if you have Kofi win, give him another signature win to further establish him as your top face. Because having a top face is just as important as a top heel when you're moving to Fox. Right. It sets up brilliantly for television as far as I'm concerned. But on that note of what you're saying, this is like the, I don't want to say climax, because I'm sure Kofi still has a lot more in it, but this is like a peak moment in Kofi's championship reign, and this is going to solidify him as a legitimate champion because of the backstory these two have. Because of the time when Kofi almost won the title from Randy Orton, but Randy Orton held him back. Stupid, 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 and belittled him in front of a live audience. Like, that. that's huge. Kofi needs to come out of this victorious beat Randy Orton, which is a storybook ending, and then right off into the sunset. 
the Kofi. storybook endings at Hell in a Cell, though. Kofi's going, not at Clash of Champions. Kofi's going to lose the title at some point this year, but it's not going to be to Randy Orton, I don't think. No, I think you need that. I think to really cement this, you have to have Kofi overcome more adversity to really like have Randy take that title from him one more time, steal it from him one more time, and then Kofi shows up on SmackDown infuriated. He's like, "This is it. I'm done. I'm sick of you holding me back." And just flips out. The whole New Day's pissed off because they just lost the tag team titles. You call him out, and it's like. You and me, hell in a cell. It ends then. I take my title back, and you go to the back of the line. That writes so much better than just, okay, Randy, uh, Randy, Kofi won. Okay. Like, we can get one more big match out of this. Well, these are the first two matches on this card that you and I have disagreed on the winners. Uh, I'm still going to go with New Day and Kofi. Obviously, it's all of New Day retaining their titles. You're going with Randy and So we're opposite. Yeah. Well, we're, all right, we're opposite. Yeah, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Finally, some fucking excitement. Well, obviously, it's opposite. We only have two options, two choices, right? I get one, you get one. I'm just saying, it's a fucking excitement. We've agreed on every match so far tonight. <laughs> oh, I have one more. I have one more title change prediction. Who do you think it is? Um, I think, well, let's talk about the Raw Women's Championship match next. Uh, the ding, man, ding, 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 Becky Lynch, ding, ding. is going to defend against the boss. Sasha Banks. You mean the man Becky Lynch is going to drop the Raw Women's title to the boss Sasha Banks? I have to agree with you on that too. I do think Sasha's going to come out of the Wow! And yeah. want to be Becky because Becky's at a point in her career where she doesn't need to have the title anymore. I have a feeling this is going to this is going to be the setup to Becky Sasha at Survivor Series. Which is gonna, you know, that there's gonna be some sort of. If they're both champions. I feel like that's gonna turn into some sort of battle for the spotlight. You mean and that ba- leads you mean to Bailey Sasha? You said Becky Sasha. I'm sorry, Bailey Sasha. Thank you. When them two are champions, they're gonna have a battle for the spotlight. One of Bailey's big things is uh, the SmackDown title is as important as the Raw title, and now all of a sudden Sasha holds the Raw title. Interesting element. Now they're competing against each other, even though they just aligned with each other, you know? So I think this leads to the tension, the real tension we've always wanted to see between them. And it blows up at Survivor Series when we do the champion versus champion matches. And it also frees up Becky to face a returning Ronda Rousey, who I feel like might rear her head soon. And we can get, you don't need a title for Becky Ronda. They can just do that. They a Survivor have, Series standalone. They can have a blood feud. We talked about that last week too. Yeah, they have I a blood feud. That it's a rematch. It was supposed to happen last year at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Survivor Series is a big four. They're going to bring in some big names. Great time to bring Ronda back right. and get her in the ring against Becky and just have a one-on-one blood feud. Hey, it's game time. Or you know, you, you can start it right on Raw. Becky comes out. She gets pissed off that she lost to Sasha. She's venting. Ronda comes out, tells her to shut her bitch ass mouth or something. They start going at it. Boom, boom, boom. And eventually, you know, maybe one of them, maybe, maybe Ronda like puts Becky out for a bit, like, or, and like, she comes back and like really takes Becky out, kayfabe, and puts her out, kicks her off TV for like a month or so, gets us through hell in a cell. 
Becky comes back and and takes out Ronda, you know, a month or so later, she says, maybe she puts out a tweet that says, I'm coming back to Raw this week. It's the Monday after night of after Hell in a Cell. Ronda's like, you know, Ronda, you better be there. Ronda shows up. Boom, boom, boom. We have our build to the main event of Survivor Series. I'm down for that. I, I'm also on the same boat. We're going to see Ronda again soon. We talked about this as well a week ago, two weeks ago. I forget what episode. Yeah. But yeah, I can see Ronda definitely making her return very soon. And I could actually see this culminating in the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match. But I think I mentioned probably this year, I think they could wait on that. But uh, start bringing the four horsewomen together, bring the other four horsewomen to call them up to the main roster, get them established, and then by Survivor Series of next year, you have the four-on-four match between the two. I think you could have Shayna debut at that Becky, that Becky uh, Ronda Survivor Series match, and then Shayna debut mm-hmm. and cost you know cost, cost Becky, Becky the, match. the match or something. Right. And then Ronda and Shayna become a thing, mm-hmm. and then that could take us. And then when the other twins, Shafir and Duke, are ready, then you can maybe bring them up, you know, because right. they they shouldn't be on the main roster yet. No, those two are fucking green as hell. Right, and that gives you a year to, and that gives you a year to solidify getting the four horsewomen of NXT back together on the same page, rather than rushing that union. Right. All right, Doc, so let's talk about the main event of the card. The Universal Championship uh, championship match, we're going to have the current champion, Seth Rollins, who is also one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions the f- Championships, defending his Universal Championship against the other half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, Braun Strowman. Yowie, wowie. Yowie. Wow. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, man. Um, the fucking fiend is going to totally interfere or just have something to do in this match. You're our friend. This is a friendship that oh, never, never ever ends. I know that a pitch there. Now, do you see Braun winning this title? No, I see the fiend just fucking no contesting the shit no out of this match. <laughs> you can't have Seth lose here because Seth just got back on like the fucking like he's this title reign's been a lot better than the one and he had earlier this already. year. Right. His first one, this is they're booking Seth a lot better this time. Right. They're not putting him in the shadow of Becky. Like they're letting his wrestling do the talking, which is always I feel Seth doing his best. So. You can't put Brooks Braun to lose here because Braun's also looking strong again. He's starting to get his shit together on the microphone, which is nice. You know, he's cutting, he's doing better with promos. I thought he was good at the contract signing. I thought they were all, they were both really strong in the contract signing. I really had a good, I've really bought into what they're fighting for. They're fighting for the title. The title is what's most important. I really appreciate that. Um, but I don't think either one of them should be losing here. So getting Bray Wyatt involved makes sense. And then you have him interfere. Triple threat Hell in a Cell match. That's your that's, that's your other main event for Hell in a Cell, along with um, Kofi and Orton. And you got you got yourself a pretty badass card right there. And then depending on how the Raws leading up to Hell in a Cell go, will determine whether Bray or Seth of Ron prevails in that Hell in a Cell match. Right. Yeah. Well, see, I'm I'm tending to lean towards Seth retaining. Um, well, yeah, this obviously leads. I mean, even our thing is Seth retaining, obviously. Yeah. 
Set, yeah, yeah. Well, right. So Seth's gonna retain regardless. That, that's why I, I, I hesitated there. You're right. Um, but yeah, dude. I'm, the more I think about it, I'm, I'm with you more and more. I want to see that triple threat match in a hell of a cell. You know. Um, and again, have Seth take the pin. Have Braun beat Seth one on one. Um, I'm sorry. Bray beat Seth one on one. Not one on one. Bray beat Seth fair and square. Damn it. Bro. <clears throat> and then it still makes Braun look strong, and then you can have Braun and Bray feud. Right. Absolutely. And that and there's and there's backstory to that too. So right. a lot there's a, there's a, there's a lot that can be that can be done as much. But I, I, there's just no way Bray Wyatt. I mean, he's been teasing it. There's no way he doesn't show up. I've said it since the Firefly Funhouse started. You're wasting Bray Wyatt if he's not put into the main event almost immediately with this character. You're wasting everything you've done with this. Every single thing. But now, do, do you think his build, his character development, aside from the Firefly Funhouse segments, I mean, look who he's been in the ring with. He fought Finn Balor, and he had one match against Finn Balor. And aside from that, he's gotten physical with Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, and Jerry the King Waller. So, wait, you just, are you upset with the Legend Killer gimmick? If you wanted to see more, because I think the fact that we haven't seen more is what's keeping it unique and mysterious. I wouldn't call it the Legend Killer gimmick because I feel like it's not being portrayed that way. Just, these people were in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's, he's been targeting Vince McMahon this whole time. True. Who brings the old timers back? Who relies on the old timers? Vince McMahon. You know, Vince brings the old timers back because he thinks they're or they equal ratings. Is this the fiend taking out the? Uh, is this the fiend taking out the old timers? You right. know, as a statement to Vince McMahon, like this is my show. You I'm know, is, is that what that is? Well, it, it's almost an aside from him chasing the universal title. On that note, when this past week on Firefly Funhouse, when he fixed Abigail's clock because the clock was stuck at 3.16. After he hit it, the numbers were 11.19. What does that mean, Doc? That's when The Undertaker debuted in 1990, November 19th, 1990. I definitely think all roads lead to WrestleMania, Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker. And I think you could even do that for the title. You know, you could put the title on Bray, whether it's at Hell in a Cell or whether it's somewhere down the road. You can do a championship versus career match, you know? Simple as that. I think after all these years of us watching Undertaker retire but not retire, retire but not retire, we all, a lot of us just want to see him go, but we don't want to see him just go. Like, his last match was the tag team match with him and Roman Reigns. He has to have a final match, and with Bray Wyatt's character, this... Him him taking on Undertaker and beating him fair and square is a passing of the torch. And Bray Wyatt's new character now makes go, you know what? That's the match I do want to see Undertaker fight in his final match. Now I want to see this person retire the Undertaker. So and Bray Bray's earned that. He's Bray's earned that right, especially with his character. Yes. So that's what I want to see now. I do want to see uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt retire. Our legend, our dead our man. Our legend, our dead man, Undertaker, the phenom. Yeah. Thank you. And here's, once again, backstory helps write this. Right. 
Bray Wyatt and his old self couldn't get the job done. But back Fiend, in WrestleMania 31. 31, yeah. But the Fiend, the Fiend does get the job done. Always. And, you know, and then Taker rides off into the sunset the way he should. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, no boots in the rain, none of that shit. Like, Taker legit walking up the ramp and fucking waving goodbye just like Sean did. But we fucking know. Right. We know it's over. I want to see Taker fucking cry. Taker's never going to cry. Taker doesn't have tears. He has cried. He cried at um, when Ric Flair uh, retired, and they had the whole going away thing for him. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's all I am. You're right. I'm always right. You're right. You're right. He did cry then. You're absolutely right. I try to put things like that in my memory because I had, like, The Undertaker ever cries. But, yeah, I think that's where Bray Wyatt's story, his, that, that this this like segment of Bray Wyatt's career ends with him retiring The Undertaker at Mania 36 right. and then he goes from there into new feuds and new things and he's the new undead character he's the new macabre character you know maybe he at that point Aleister Black's ready to feud with him and it's a high level feud maybe at that point you you put Roman Reigns in there and you get him back on Raw and you know, there's so many things you could do, and I think, but I think Bray Wyatt has the opportunity with this character to not only win the Universal Title but hold it hostage, yeah, for a while. Green, yeah, yeah. I want to see him hold it hostage. I want that to be part of his gimmick. I want to see him with a lengthy title reign, a lengthy title right. reign, because he deserves it, especially with this character. He could be the the new Undertaker. He could definitely fill fill those shoes with this with this. Yeah, and they gimmick. fucked him up the first time. Mm-hmm. They fucked it up the first time with. You're getting a golden opportunity to fix it. And I love it because it's his character. Right. This is Bray's character. It has his hands, his fingerprints all over it. Yep. Yep. And it's well, and it's known from WWE. I mean, there's enough reports that I believe that say he is has more creative control over his character than any wrestler does over their character. Yep. That's such a win for wrestling fans. Yep. Especially podcasters like us. So proves we're fucking right and the Vince is out of touch. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that's good news for other wrestlers too that are maybe stuck in a bubble where they have to read the, the scripted, the, the terrible scripted promos as opposed to just, hey, you know, go out, go do your thing. Maybe this yeah, and to you know what, man? give some rope back to some of the wrestlers to let them go, you know what? No, we, we want to show that we trust you and your abilities and your talents. So here, go ahead and do this. Hit these bullet points, and I think, but you're going to hit the rest of the, of the the promo. Yeah, I think I think Vince like I think Vince really wants to see that too. I think he loves that Bray works him into his promos, and it's just like, hey, you're the enemy too. I'm coming after you. You got you and Stone Cold and the Undertaker and all these old dudes. You show up when you want, and you still get the pop. And your thought is, hey, if you want it, take it from us. Right. I think this Fiend character is Bray Wyatt. Taking it from the old generation. How many times have we sat here and said Seth Rollins hasn't quite taken it away from him yet? Roman Reigns hasn't quite taken it away yet. Bray Wyatt is working towards taking it away from taking the mystique away from The Undertaker and giving it to himself. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, man, we got a big weekend of wrestling going on. A lot is going to come out of Clash of Champions leading into uh, Survivor Series, which will be our next. Well, Hell in a Cell is still a big one, but Survivor Series is the next. This is going to be a big, big Hell in a Cell. This so, should be a big Hell in a Cell. Right. 
But uh, looking at our predictions, man, we don't have a whole lot of titles changing hands. We really only have three titles, well, prediction-wise, changing hands throughout the entire night. So, I, I have I have three changing hands. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you have uh, revival. Yep. You have Sasha. I'm sorry, Sasha, and you have Orton. Yep. Yep. Yes. And I'm with you on Sasha winning, but I think New Day is going to retain. I think we're going to see one title change. It's going to be Sasha. All right, I disagree with you completely. Good. I'm glad you do. Finally. It makes more sense to have the, have Kofi chasing Orton with SmackDown moving to Fox. That's going to be a better story. It's not about making sense. When does wrestling ever make sense? Why does that even affect? I'm a genius! On that note, fam, that's all the time we have for today. So if this is your first time tuning in, Thank you for listening to episode 42 of the 4th Wall WrestleCast. If you've enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please do so by following us on all social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th WallCast. That's the number 4, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. And if you haven't already, please be sure to follow Wrestle Addict Radio on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle and on Instagram at Wrestle Addict Radio. Be sure to also go find Kings of the Rings podcast, Gift the Podcast, Not Your Mama Soap Opera, and the Game Changers podcast on Twitter and give them all a follow as well. If you haven't listened to their shows, be sure to subscribe to Wrestle Addict Radio so you can listen to Fourth Wall and all the rest of the Wrestle Addict Radio personalities. Don't forget. Listen to us talk. What did you say? I said, listen to us talk. Listen to us talk. Uh, also, Wrestle Addicts Radio has officially launched the WrestleAddictsRadio.com, our website. It's going to be our hub for all things Wrestle Addicts Radio. It's going to have links to all of our social media, links to where to find us on your favorite podcast platforms, and so much more. So go check out our website at WrestleAddictsRadio.com. And also, don't forget to show your support by going to Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictsRadio, where... As low as five dollars a month, you could receive exclusive. You could receive exclusive content from all WrestleAdict Radio personalities, as well as exclusive merchandise discounts, um, exclusive entrance to the Group Me WrestleAdict Radio Patreon chat, where you can chat with all of us on a daily basis, all hours of the day. And so much more. So patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. And once more, I am the host, JC Bones. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at JC Bones. You can follow Doc at Dr. Haas 4WC. You can find Smarky at Johnny Smarks a lot. And you can also find Miss Bootiesworth at Miss Bootiesworth. So if you've enjoyed the entire fourth wall experience, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, subscribe, and join our Patreon and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall WrestleCast. And what are we here to do, Doc? We are here to keep wrestling real. Goodbye.
and good night. Catch you later, brother. Deuces. Deuces, poops, deuces, poops. Ah! Yo, you, you want to play, play Tommy Sticks? I'm tying up now. <laughs> Tweezer. Oh, did you hear that, dude? Nope. Oh, that was a fucking big-ass fart. Oh, he fart like a bitch, apparently. So I didn't hear nothing. Man, I, was, I fucking Next. my whole ass lifted up off the seat. <laughs> uh, so Some roller shit. Take, all right. Yeah. No worries. I just want to make sure we were there. All right. Bro, now I have to edit all that shit out. All of your jibber-jabber. Start where you want. All your jibber-jabber, son. Just start, just start where you want. Don't fucking tell me how to run my show. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking start. <laughs>